you know, we just can't afford to lose four individuals. I'd say Johnny Gibson Park, probably Andrew Porter, and I would say probably Doris. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you 3 to 5 This is Football Saturday all the way now for the rest of the show Remember Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky The Premier League is back Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports We're streaming the conversations You can listen across the country on your radio and News Talk but also watch us on the digital and social channels for Off The Ball for Periscope and Twitter YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app We're joined, delighted to be in the studio by the former League of Ireland and FAI Cup winning player Graham Gartland the current co-ramblers manager Shane Keegan and the football correspondent of the Irish Independent Dan McDonnell you can text us 53106 lads hope you're all well Everton won Arsenal nil what? yeah we were just great, talking about it, great we? start to the day great start for <laughs> Dice yeah uh, you were saying is it like proper football but like I think when you look back on Everton and I think what they want is just maximum effort from the players whatever their talent level is uh, bring that it's a tight in ground isn't it and they want to sort of create an atmosphere generate an atmosphere generate pressure do you want sort of robustness in terms of how the players are making tackles and get round the pitch and something they can get behind? And I think no matter the skill level at Everton, if you're giving them maximum effort, I think the fans will take to the players there, like you know. And I think that's what you see with them today. We were talking maybe, you know, Sean Dyche. I think it's when people say he's an old-fashioned manager, but it's hard to judge him because I th- I think he's always been with clubs that would have had a low budgets and he has to get the maximum out of a squad that he has so for him it'd be interesting to see what he does at Everton if, if if he is given the money that he have spent the last few years to maybe bring in higher quality players than he would have been able to bring in at Burnley in terms of the financially so that's why I find that this, it'd be interesting to see what he does if he just goes back to being old fashioned or does he try and bring it up a level again I mean I suppose I'm, I'm interested in asking you lads the the, the football men as such, right? The bounce, right? Have you experienced <laughs> the bounce at any stage in your life where, like, a new manager comes in and you just, or you are the new manager, you know, and like you just you win your first game, and it's very hard to explain it because like now it's like, oh, but this is going to be a great success or whatever, but it is also just that. Like, is it just a fresh voice? Is it just... It's definitely th- something you don't want to come up against. I don't know if I've been in the, the position of being in the advantageous position, but definitely as a manager, you don't you don't want to be coming up against a team who the new manager is only in the door that week. You don't. know that Because if it's a new manager in, inevitably that means that team had been struggling. Mm. Um, you're happy enough for them to stick with the status quo, whereas... Yeah, new man comes in the door, like everybody, you know, naturally enough, everybody kind of steps up a gear, really, so they do. And like, it's the most Sean Dyche of Sean Dyche wins, isn't it? One, <laughs> one nil from a set piece. Like, I mean, it's the most, it's his trademark. Like, it's his absolute trademark. Now, I saw the goal. How the hell Arsenal ended up with, with um, Odegaard? Mark and Tarkowski is beyond Yeah, like he bullied the life out of him for the goal, so he did. I mean, I, don't, I just don't know how you do your matchups and Odegaard ends up with Tarkowski. That one, that one seemed absolutely semi zone already. Or? Yeah, like, I know a few of us were travelling in. Like I saw the first half and then didn't see the second half, but it was it was striking. Like there was one stage in the first half, like Everton got four corners mm. in like in one passage of play, if you know what I mean. And like Everton would have been very direct and effective, and they tried a couple of different things. There was one where Calvert Lewin came near post and actually got there, but just didn't quite execute it and you're thinking okay they've obviously done a little bit of work this week and clearly the volume they were creating 
they had a little few things in their playbook that one of them came off, you know, um, and I mean, I suppose the thing about Deutsch, the one of the advantage he has, like he comes in this week and okay, it's a new manager, but he knows Tarkowski, he knows Dwight McNeil in particular, you know, he was actually, you know, effective in the first half and he probably just has an idea of what some of the players are about. He knows they know what he's about yeah. and it sort of works. I mean, like we're talking about Everton now and the flip side is Arsenal are like all of a sudden, um, you know, in, in that zone of are they in a bit of bother here? Just know? let you know, folks, Liverpool are behind already. Uh, so Joel Matip own goal, 1-0 for Wolves at Molyneux and Man United leading Crystal Palace by a goal to nil. A Bruno Fernandes penalty and his Aston Villa won Leicester nil uh, with a goal from Ali Watkins. See, see, to answer your question that obviously Shane was talking, as a player in the dressing room, what happens is if you're not if you're playing and it's not going well, if your new manager comes in, you're thinking, right, he's going to lift people. You might need a lift yourself in terms of on a personal level or, or a confidence level-wise in terms of how you're playing. But it lifts all the other people who are d- disenfranchised around it. Absolutely. So you're, you're the lads who aren't getting enough game time. It lifts them that they have mm. a bit, bit of hope that they're going to get something. That's why when the bounce comes in, it happens. And after three or four games, the lads who realise, well, I'm not actually getting more game time, they go, they resort back to what they were, which is um, basically unhopeful that they're going to get a game. <laughs> and then it goes back to, ah, it's the same old, same old here, and they're trying to get out. So it gives, I think it gives players who aren't in the squad a little bit of hope and it lifts the whole group and then all of a sudden he's like oh he's talking to me a little bit more than the previous manager done that's that's a welcome really they brought in this they brought in these things they brought in are you saying hello to the staff all the things that might have been a negative for Lampard but become a positive for for Deutsch because it's just different and then they associate that where he's made us win we're going to get behind him and, and that's where the bounce comes a little bit like 100% like whatever you do differently as a manager I've said this before whatever you do differently as a manager when things are going well the things you do differently that's the reason that the team is going well when the team is going poorly the things you do differently that's the reason why the team is going mm. poorly the exact same things will be pointed to either way so he walks in there and you know what he's do- what he does differently or his DNA will be seen as a you know a freshness a new approach it'll all be positivity and then it's how long does it remain as a positive before they start putting the negative clever, on it? Like I think he's clever in that he knows his audience, like with, with Everton and what that what they are. Like you know, no snoods, no hats, no track spots and training. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden the fans are like, yeah, we're behind. I know that is rubbish, exactly. Because really, <laughs> like, he's yeah. pushing, like he's pushing, and it's a well-known fact. Like we talk about, and I was I remember making an absolute show of myself one time. I was out in Santry doing pre-season training and I was running around the track in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt in the middle of January getting ready for pre-season and I remember like loads of runners running by me and they were the look they gave me like as if I, they thought I was mad they thought I was like and the fella comes over to me just trotting by like real springy run mm. he's like what are you doing it's getting ready for training that pre-season yeah. like starting back he's like why aren't you wearing clothes I was like oh, just shorts and a t-shirt and he's like keep your muscles warm what are you doing like they were all in body warmers, leggings, gloves. and yeah. These are sprinters that were like doing 400 metre runs. And then I'm thinking, that's when it hit me that, yeah. you know, so the hard man approaches. Right, like, yeah. you know, keep, keep mm. your muscles warm. Now, I do say, well, you should be warm by the time you're going into train. You don't need hats, gloves, scarves and snoots. Yeah, you're right. I'd agree with that to a certain extent. But in the warm up, getting having track spots on to keep your muscles warm, I wouldn't be saying like, yeah, take them off when it's time to train. That was the rule we had when I first started was you can warm up in tracks of bottoms. 2-0 to uh, Wolves against Liverpool. Yeah, take them off. Yeah. And Craig Dawson, who was in for Nathan Collins today, getting the goal. So these are always subject to VAR at the moment they go in. <laughs> 
Aston Villa won, Leicester won. So Leicester have equalised James Madison into the team today at Villa Park. If we have another Liverpool chat. So, look, we haven't really d- talked about Arsenal. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, like, yeah. you know, you talk about the consistency that you need to win a league, and it does seem like, you know, a, a lunchtime Saturday kickoff, the half 12 games, like, they're the ones you need to sort of, sort of, you just see to steamroll through them. And it is now. Like it's amazing how it can change the perception of a team. Like one disappointment like that, and all of a sudden it's just okay. Didn't see that one coming. You know, you probably would have looked at Arsenal's fixture list and said, okay, some of the tricky hurdles they've actually scaled them, they've passed them, and then everything away. Okay, it's the bounce and all of this factor, but you're thinking, yeah, still think they'll have enough to get by it. Yeah, yeah you still would think so. And now it's just it's a different vibe. Like that feels like a momentum. That seems like it feels like the first time this season that Arsenal be an Arsenal soft Arsenal away from home. Yeah. yeah, and like they had, I mean, it's like they, they had one or two chances. I mean, Nketiah had a big chance in the the first half. It's almost like the the commentators curse that are writers jinx or something because I had a piece in the paper today about uh, I spoke to Shane amongst others about playing Arsenal in 2020 a couple of the Dundalk players who played against Nketiah who of the lads he played against mm. in that time I know Xhaka was involved in one of the games but of the players who played the most he is the one player who was like central to Arsenal's title challenge and he's he sort of really brought them a lot you know he's he's elevated his game to another level whereas some of the other players you encountered have dropped off or they're not there yeah, yeah, Joe they're... Willock's at, at Newcastle doing well some of them are, are on the fringes um, and Enkedi has turned into a real killer um, and yeah just today he had that chance and all of a sudden you're thinking yeah, yeah. look I'm, I'm, I was relying as I say I was driving up so I was listening to the commentary but so I'm relying on the numbers a little bit but I just have the, the stats on app open in front of me like they have it down here they, they classify a big chance as something with next year of over 0.5 4-0 to Everton on big chances like. so mm. it obviously wasn't a fluke yeah. You know, it no. might have been a goal from a set piece, but it's not a fluke by judging on the numbers here. Not anyway. the first half of the day. So, like and and look, he played his trump cards pretty early. Like he got, he got um, Jorginho on with half an hour left. He got Trossard on with half an hour left. And I suppose these are the fellas that he's saying are given the extra squad depth. That they're the fellas, you know, that we can turn to rather than just having a strong eleven. We've now got a strong, you know, 15, 16. But those boys got in the field and don't think the amount of fouls they were willing to make in the first. 20 minutes I think one of the, I think the bit I seen was they were leaving they were leaving things on Odegaard and Saka and any time they came inside they were getting hit mm. a lot and just disrupt just disrupt mm. Arsenal's flow in the game and again the Everton fans are going to get behind there aren't they because they're like well we back ourselves to defend the free kick and set pieces but you're not playing through us like yeah. you're not running through us you're not playing through us you're going to have to do something as a player you're going out onto the field like different managers are going to look for different traits within their players aren't they like if you know if you're walking out onto the field under Sean Dyche you're thinking if I can lay a glove on a few fellas oh, here yeah. there's a good chance he'll stay picking me oh, isn't love, it oh yeah, yeah. I'd have played uh, for him we have um, <laughs> a result in from the Paddy Power Irish Gold Cup at the Dublin Race Festival and no surprise Gallagher Day Shams uh, 100 to 30 on favours so 3 to 10 uh, winning for Paul Tennant in the saddle for William Mullins an 8 length victory uh, for Galloping Deschamps over Statler's stable mate Fury Road in third that's 3 winners out of 4 races at Leopardstown today for William Mullins uh, the second half is underway now in Cardiff in the Six Nations Ireland 27 points Wales 3 3 tries uh, Caelan Doris James Lowe and James Ryan will keep you right up to date with what's happening there uh, text in here on 53106 John as a fellow Spurs fan I can hear the joy in your and Shane's voices at Arsenal <laughs> losing today I take a draw against City tomorrow even though I'm heading over says Adrian in leash um, we've got high lads footballers all about good managers Everton have got one now same at United all the owners have to do is pick a good manager says Sean so Sean Dyche is he in this mould of Neil Warnock Tony Pulis Sam Allardyce these kind of functional fixers or has that been unfair to him 
Uh, look, I think that's a reasonably... A and reasonably they're kind of, they're loved, they're loved characters. And to be fair, like, you look at teams, you look at the teams that those, cl- those managers have, have managed, right? By and large, when a team with a limited budget overachieves, it is playing that kind of football, isn't it? Like, it's fairly rare that a team with a limited budget overachieves by playing lovely football. Um, Ian Holloway, when the Blackpool had that savage season, and probably Brighton at the moment, um, are the only two I can think who've, who've overachieved doing it that way. By and large, it's usually structure, organisation, kick and run, set pieces. That tends to be that way how, how teams who uh, are up and rating with the smaller budgets tend to get their bit of success. And look, I think that's his DNA, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Rogers, Rogers has Swansea. Yeah, there's another one. There's yeah, a few where you, Martin is. Yeah, and, first the, and then the what happens is, but they're doing it with the hope that a bigger club comes in with bring that football to us with a bigger budget, yeah. and that's where they get the moves. Where the likes of, like you said, Dice, Allardyce, they're probably not getting their bigger clubs with more budget because the bigger clubs are saying, well, we don't want to play like that. Well, we probably to be fair, we probably had a. I feel we probably had a little bit of it in the in the League of Ireland. Like if you look when the Bowes job came up, okay. And like absolutely no disrespect, it like Ian Ryan was a really good candidate for it. But you had people like Ian Ryan who were being linked with it because he was playing a really nice brand of football, and he was. Again, I'm not arguing yeah. against that. Whereas I'm looking on paper and I'm going, well, Tommy Barrett has an, a lesser budget and he's finishing ahead of them. But how come he doesn't get linked with it? And it's probably because the brand of football well, is a, a, a different. Big, yeah, like that's a big talking, narrative around. Yeah, that. it's a big yeah. talking point in in the UK at the moment mm. as well. It's definitely a point that there would have been a view that. You know, lower down the leagues, there might have been some managers who'd be very conscious that the style of football that their team plays mm. is as important for their future job prospects yes. as their results. You know, and once your team is perceived to be playing in a particular style, yeah. that is about more the, than the, the the bottom line. And that is, you know, th- that is a live discussion point that people mm. within football well, are, have been having, and it's it's very much in involved. Well, that you know? kind of football disappeared then to a certain extent because if every young manager coming through was thinking, well, for my it's career prospects, I need us playing this yeah. way. I felt even with, like, with Brendan Rodgers, even at Celtic, sometimes you go into Europe and try and play the same way, with, mm. and and you're thinking. Are you playing this way for yourself or and your ultimate beliefs? Are you playing in a way that's trying to get the best result for your yeah. football team? And sometimes, I even go back to Ferguson here, because I, I think people have this perception, and everybody has the perception that Ferguson United played unbelievable football. They did against 18 out of 19 yeah, teams. Yeah. But when they came up against the great Arsenal side, or they kicked lumps out of them in one of the games. They, I think the, the game that they broke the... Record Arsenal were 50 unbeaten. Our old Trafford was an evening game. They kicked lumps over yeah. Arsenal for about three years just to get a result against them. And I've no issue with that. That that, that I'm not saying done. that's wrong, but this perception that they always play great football, they did against the teams that they should beat. But when they came up against a team that had a bit more, or they had to dig in and do certain things, Ferguson ultimately done what they needed to win. It You'd just adapt. so happened that you build United up to this mm. be, to be this mo- bo- bohemian. But I found out with with Rogers when I I would go and watch a lot of them in, in Europe. He he'd try and go toe to toe with some teams. And I'm thinking you can't go toe to toe with Bayern Munich and stuff. But it was Mike. Well, look, I can play against us with not as much budget, so maybe I might get a shot at, with a bigger yeah. budget. <laughs> Ultimately, that's how he, he's yeah. mapped it. And I see a lot of people trying to do that. I think Dan's right. A lot of young coaches are trying to maybe emulate that. So how Arsenal react now, isn't it, lads? I suppose that's the thing. Yeah, and they've City pretty quickly, don't they? I yeah. don't think it's next, but I think it's, it's after, a, after it's that. It's on Wednesday City. week, yeah. Fairness, Wednesday you couldn't week. pick a better game than to bounce back from, isn't it? And I know you probably think, well, you might want an easy game at home, but 
I think they, I think they have both actually. I think they have Brentford next, which at home. Well, I suppose not the easiest game in the world, but it is one they should be winning at home. But then it's, it's City pretty quickly on the back of that. So uh, yeah, two different kind of tests for them. And if they want to win it, they have to go through with both of them. Yeah, Wolves two, Liverpool nil. Twenty three minutes in, Man United one, Crystal Palace nil. Aston Villa one, Leicester one, Everton one, Arsenal nil. The results from earlier on in the Championship. Uh, we have. Um, you know, earlier, I think Burnley with hammered Norwich there. They did by three goals to nil, and that's a result. Uh, Rotherham nil, Sheffield United nil is a result as well. Huddersfield uh, trail QPR by goals nil, Hull nil, Cardiff nil, Luton one, Stoke nil, Middlesbrough nil, Blackpool nil, Millwall nil, Sunderland nil, Preston nil, Bristol City one, Reading nil, Watford nil, Swansea nil, Birmingham one. In the rugby, Ireland lead Wales have got a try by 27 points to eight. So are Wales on the verge of a fight back? They have a lot to do in the second half with Ireland with that cushion at the moment are probably going to be about 17 points by the end of the conversion. Uh, Chelsea drew with Fulham last night. Are, are, I know, look, it's, football is a capitalist uh, entity, but are they making a mockery of the whole game with all these transfers? I, I wrote them out here this morning <laughs> and I've seen Nathan Woods, probably the second best presenter and off the ball, John, <laughs> uh, has a list up of the players who weren't even in the squad last night. And it's scary. Like, Mendy, Fofana, Kante, Kovacic, Sakari, Loftus-Cheek, Pulisic, Broha, Joe Felix and Aubameyang weren't even in the matchday squad for Chelsea last night. Now some of them were injured, but yeah. Yeah, but obviously Joe Felix suspended as well. But then you're thinking when, when they're all fit and available, how are they fitting in? And then the money they spent and the, even the bit that catches you out, they're giving seven and a half year contracts to players with a year option. And that's where FIFA have come in and said the max they can give is five years now, but yeah, the money they spent, like uh, I always, find, I always found with Chelsea, and I don't know how uh, my perception, and it's sometimes backed up by a little bit of what you see, they, that they tend to be a reactionary club to signings. Where you go back to Robin, Robin signing for them on the uh, back with Mourinho, uh, he was very close to signing for Man United. He That's came right, in, yeah. they got uh, William was basically doing a medical at Spurs, and then gets whipped over. Um, other players have been close to other moves and then they've they've been gazumped by Chelsea where they've come in and taken them in the last hour. And I, I and I don't think much has changed. I think the best they've probably been in the transfer market was Mourinho's first year where he picked the lads who he wanted. He took Cavallio. Drogba. Uh, he, Drogba was his big one that he took. Yeah. Uh, that he was like, no, that's who I want. I want the figurehead exactly. to this. This is what we need. Zoning in on something. Yeah, exactly. Now it's, a, it's like a machine gun yeah. approach, but isn't like, it? It's yeah. like, but like, they, they it's found, like they you found, like him, so what, I don't they, want They found a way those. to play the system, though, haven't they, with all, Dan, with all these uh, oh, eight and a half year I mean, deals? They didn't have your It's just about spreading the money out. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show, like, people talk about like financial fair play and, you know, clamping down on um, exorbitant spending and, and various. Uh, you know, you try and put in measures, but there's always a loophole. Mm. There's always something people will find. And I think with with the the Chelsea one, I mean, it's just brazen. Like, I mean, Enzo Fernandez signs, and I think whatever he's like 21, 22, and like the contract expires when he's 30. Like, you know, it's like an Alan Pardew deal for for everyone in the audience. But you know, and like it's 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 because if you spread it out, it's to do with the you can yeah. delay the structure of payments and so on so it doesn't yeah. all come within well, the, the one, the the one I couldn't wrap my head around is maybe there's an obvious explanation for it was, so is, did the Matt Doherty was the change in the Matt Doherty thing because Spurs had reached their capacity of loans yes do yeah. Chelsea not have like 50 players out on loan if they're not well, players scattered everywhere on the, loan the, no? there's a, I think there's a, there's a senior player definition and homegrown players okay. so Under there's a number of loans yeah. so if someone 
would be a homegrown player if they've been so Matt Doherty wouldn't be considered a homegrown player for 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 Spurs but for example someone like Oliver Skip might be or you know I can't okay, think of, yes. can't think of any you know uh, someone who's come through like Troy Parrott wouldn't count in the Spurs loan quota it's to do with sort of you know senior players these classes development yeah line, so, does, do they, have, yeah. so they were at eight players so that that's basically what happened with Matt Doherty but um, I'm sure we'll talk about Doherty in a bit but to go back to the, the Chelsea, Chelsea thing yeah. yeah it is just I mean it's obscene spending I mean like said I've probably made this point before we would have been speaking you know with the Abramovich situation you're thinking God could this be the end for Chelsea and, and then you come in now and, and you have the sort of Todd Bowley and his various investors and there seems to be all this briefing of well who's the real power here making the decisions because they're spreading the responsibility for just they, they think this is smart <laughs> like they think this is smart just to yeah. To play it this way, where you haven't cleared out, it's Dan. a scattergun. Well, they're gonna have to. I think the plan That's, is to clear yeah. out in the summer, like by, by all accounts, you know. They haven't cleared. Like they signed thirteen players between July and, and January, and they haven't really cleared out. And what what'll happen is you get players who are sitting on good money that don't move then, and you're not getting value for them then when you go to resell them in the in the market. So if they go in in the summer and say, right, we're gonna sell all these players. The other team know they're in the buying position because we had they want them out. So you. It, it becomes, you're not getting your value back on them. No, no, no. It, it's, I mean, it's, it is striking that, um, I mean, I, watching the end of the game last night, see was there booze, and there wasn't really booze a full time, a handful, but not like a smattering, yeah. but nothing bad. So people are sort of probably on, on board to, with giving it a bit of time, it would appear, but I don't know, it's just a bit crazy. Like, we would have been talking about it off air, like Fafana, David Fafana, who played for Molde yeah. against Shamrock Rovers. Uh, a couple of months back, you would have been commentating on those games, probably Graham. Like he's on last night, and he actually had one chance cleared off the line. But you know, you, you weren't sort of watching him play a couple of months back in Talagon. Oh, that that's no. a that's mm. someone who's going to be going to Premier League, a top Premier League club, and yet he's in there and straight away he's in off the bench looking for a goal off, and you're thinking this is a bit mad, you know? <laughs> like it's, other, it's sort of a bit. The other big challenge with, with that many players, I would take, I'm pretty sure it was in one of Ferguson's autobiographies. Like he made the point that he used to keep the squad reasonably trim. Obviously, he'd bulk it out with a few young fellas. But his argument was that as soon as you had more fellas that you weren't picking every week than you had that you were. So in other words, if you have 25 stars and you're only picking 11 of them and 14, you're not. He said, you're on a loser straight away. Like, if you've got more unhappy people in your dressing room than happy people in your dressing room, like, how do you, how do you? You kind of feel, uh, I don't know how Graham Potter's meant to feel, guys, because uh, you don't feel that he's behind all of these decisions or um, is directing this because he's just been handed almost, oh, well, you've got these 15 new players now and make the best of them. Yeah, it is, yeah. And it's, like you said, the fact that to put them on longer contracts than probably the managers on as well isn't <laughs> problems there <laughs> yeah do exactly yeah but it's a strange one because I, I, the, the sort of back them I thought when he first came in they gave him they, they were allowed him to bring every one of his staff from Brighton that he requested they had a big clear out and brought in all of his staff and they said right get us up and running and get us going but I think you need to clear it out before you, you start bringing in players because like you said that unrest then comes in and you've seen it. I remember one of the biggest examples was Winston Bogart at Chelsea where he just didn't want to he just didn't want to go out on loan didn't want to do anything but was on astronomical wages and I think seen it out for five years and you have people like that your football club it's just it's not a good and it's not a good thing so I do th- I do feel they need a, a good clear out in the summer and a reset to go right They've obviously signed young players as well in this. They're not just signing 
like stars, which they did probably if, a good few years ago, even before Mourinho, where they were bringing in the likes of Crespo and all. Oh, sorry, Viali was one of them. Zola and all these well, boys, yeah, that were were coming to the end. They brought them in, but they are signing young. But now they need to make room for them to play. And how do you do that? I don't know. See, yeah. the, the the other to add to to Graham's point, like Keane was on on TV the other night after the United game. And they were talking, you know, what has sparked, you know, what has been the, the big things behind the turnaround at United. And Keane went more so, less so after who they'd signed and more so after who they'd managed to get rid of. And he started listing off names. I think he listed off about six names that United had managed to get out the door. And Keane thought this was huge in terms of how United had managed to create the right atmosphere and turn it around. And even if you look at Arteta, I mean, again, things really kicked off for Arteta when he got a Bamiyang out yeah, the door, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. So quite often it's actually less about who you can sign and more about who the, who you can bloody get out the door. Yeah, and coming into the dressing room every morning and thinking, okay, I like the vibe yeah. that I've got created here. It's quite, I mean, you see the Chelsea one, and this is the thing, like you sometimes put the highest level of football on the pedestal and you think like this is, you know, like everyone there has it figured out. Like it's almost though like that the most intelligent people are at the top and then it filters down and people below just aren't as smart or whatever. And then you see some of the Chelsea stuff and you realise, nah, this is just like, this is just paradise here. Let's play around. Even like the Ziyech thing, it just seems like Chelsea had, had, issue, had issues with the paperwork. Even the more, some of the more sympathetically briefed Chelsea pieces were admitting it was a mistake from their end. So Ziyech is unhappy. Like he wants to go, he's gone to, to Paris. Chelsea would appear balls up in some ways, and then like you know, forty eight hours later, he's on the pitch playing the game against, and you're thinking, yeah, what what is like this There's is all over the here. place, and, yeah. and you, so you just you assume I know they they know what they're doing. It's like sometimes yeah. they don't. No. Sometimes <laughs> they don't. You've the, worked for American owners, uh, Shane. The, the, <laughs> yeah, it's very reactionary. We had American owners as well at Dundee oh, you, oh yeah. genie man some crack oh, seriously let's not generalise everyone in America no, to be clear. honestly the Yanks I swear it was like, yeah, you just have yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to generalise the Americans but yeah. the Yanks bloody yeah. hell <laughs> yeah referred to a particular yeah, type of American yeah, yeah. Was in that American word, football yeah. owners yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was tough because <laughs> you know. you're actually sitting there thinking you aren't on the you aren't getting this like and it's no no this is the way we want to do it and you're sort this isn't the way it's going to work yeah now they have again, an, we had an idea how they want Stan Kroenke's working now oh yeah but there was protests against him a few years ago as well so did Fenway not work yeah I felt it did yeah I, again I think some of them are coming in then again you've, then you've some are more hands off and some are yeah. more hands <laughs> off but I also think yeah. what Fenway done was they learned from what, what happened with Arsenal when Arsenal moved from Highbury and, and all that stuff that happened Fenway came in with the thought they were going to move Anfield and then realised he could no like mm. it's going to take too long we build it up uh, they get them a new training ground all that stuff they invested in they invested in the football club as well as the playing staff and Klopp where I think with Arsenal went moving them out of Highbury into a stadium and then they couldn't spend that much money in yeah. terms of bringing in hands players they, yeah, hands are tired for a long time their recruitment suffered and then they haven't won a premiership title since leaving Highbury is that right? Yeah. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're no, that'd be right. you're, you're 2004, 2004 last one Yeah it was so it, There yeah. you go so that's where you're going well Fenway probably learned from another American owner's mistakes Yeah Arsenal uh, losing 1-0 to Everton today Aston Villa have scored 2-1 against Leicester they lead now Harry Suter the new Fox signing with an own goal at Villa Park it's Brentford nil, Southampton nil, Brighton nil, Bournemouth nil. Man United won Crystal Palace nil. Bruno Fernandes on the mark from the penalty spot after only six minutes and Liverpool's dreadful run compared to where they were the last few years is continuing 2-0 down away to Wolves 
at Molyneux. So Craig Dawson with the second goal after Joel Matip put the ball into his own net. We're going to speak about lots of other things, including Evan Ferguson after the break here on Off the Ball Saturday. Dan McDonnell, Graham Gartland, and Shane Keegan. We're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Graham Gartland, uh, League of Ireland NFL Cup winner, Shane Keegan, the Co Ramblers boss, and Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent in studio with us. Uh, latest scores, Liverpool fans. What is going on at your club? How'd you get out of this mess that you're in? Because you can't be blaming Jurgen Klopp for all the success he's had. Wolves 2, Liverpool nil. 41 minutes on the watch. Man United 1, Crystal Palace nil. Aston Villa 2, Leicester 1, Arsenal beaten 1-0 by Everton in the rugby. Ireland 27, Wales 10. An hour gone in Cardiff. Evan Ferguson not involved in the Brighton squad today after that nasty tackle by Fabinho. Is tackling becoming more and more a bit loose in the in the game again? We saw with what Andy Carroll on Christian Eriksen. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes was uh, put in a nasty tackle during the week. Is it becoming a bit more of an issue again? I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's, it, there's definitely... Like, I think we, we saw in the World Cup there was definitely more a sense of, like, you know, let it flow a bit more. And there definitely was a sense that, like, referees were going to be, I don't know, a bit more lenient at times. But I feel there's just been some flashpoints that have obviously yeah. brought it to the top mm. of the agenda rather than it going back to, like, a, a sort of a some kind of feral time where, like, you know, where people are suddenly stepping across the white line afraid they're going to be hurt or something you know it's not it's not quite like that but I mean the Ferguson one okay we're, we're a little bit biased on it because we have so much hopes vested on him and you, you look at a tackle like that and you see a VAR review yeah. that uh, doesn't deem it a red now they've subsequently admitted that was a mistake so yeah. right it's a mistake mistakes happen you know even though effectively you have two different officials not seeing something here uh, one with the ability to look at a replay and not see it so I mean, that that would seem to be sort of inexplicable to me, but um, I don't know. Like sometimes we'll talk about, you know, the game is, is the refs are too finicky and too fussy and you have to strike the balance where I suppose you, you welcome a degree of physicality, but I mean, you can't really say that in the context of the Ferguson tackle in any way and, and not be... But you'd wonder... It's very lucky. The one thing I would say about Ferguson, this is a great story in how it's worked out mm. because the type of tackle that he suffered and even the look on Fabinho's face, yeah. you know, players know, right? You know, you know that, when you've done something. That's exactly the point. Though. And, the the two know, things I think work in his favour there were his reaction. He, Whether he was genuinely sorry or not, he did a good impression of somebody who was sorry fairly quickly. And then... Even though he's a whole midfielder and he does like a tackle and that, like he's not a fella that you'd say has that in him. And I was just looking at his record, like like he hasn't been sent off in the last five years. You know, yeah. he's not. Well, I was afraid he'd heard the pop or something. You know, that yeah. dreaded sort of like yeah. that sound that you hear think, when you know. I think it was his lack of something. pace going into the tackle that he, 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 Ferguson's got away from him. He's not coming flying into the back of him. It's more like he, he's just. Uh, it's, I still think it's a red card, but it's it's his lack of pace to cause like actual really bad. I think where the tackles from behind like that years ago were as the ball was arriving into the into a centre forward's feet, it was travelling at pace. The centre forward was on his way to get at pace, and the centre back came in and he went through the back of his ankle, and the ball would have went back in that direction. It looked like he got it. So the Van Basten, that's why the rule was brought in mm. outlaw tackle from behind because it basically wrecked Van Basten and a, and a Rob Duss of probably one of the best strikers of his generation because of that. I think the lack of pace that he had going into the back of it is maybe not. On, on this, have you ever got mistimed to tackle and, and really hurt somebody or has it happened to you the opposite way? 
Yeah. <laughs> Both. But um And and after the game are you you commiserating or some you, of them. You, yeah. You feel, yeah. did you feel any guilt? Uh some of them. <laughs> it's, hard, it's a hard Come on, Graham. Come on. He can't make himself liable here, lads. We don't have to mention names. I'd be any. quite. No, I'd be, see, one of, me, one of me personality traits, which I'm probably not the fondest of, I, I tend to probably hold grudges a little bit longer than I should. And then, <laughs> you know, if somebody had wronged me or said something to me in a game previously, it would stay with me. And then I went down my way to make sure that I probably got somebody back when probably regret it now. Um, there's other instances when I was younger when uh, like I had people threatening to break me up, like I'm going to break your leg, Garland, and stuff, and then I'd go out my way to injure them before I got injured. And a little bit of me was thinking that's the way I had to be, but does there, there is moments that you go, I regret that. Like uh, I've been on the end of a couple myself, but you live by the sword, you die by the sword a little bit. That That's the way it goes. Like, you know, I've got... More so elbows, like where lads would line you up, come across you, let you win the header, and then just dip the shoulder and bang, and your nose is all over your face, and that's the way it goes. And they just give you a look, and that's football. But there is certain times when I I I purposely went down my way to to try and probably uh, get my own back on somebody to say to hurt them as a consequence of that. But it's it's that type of thing of I went down my way to try and get my own back and let them know, like I'm not gonna. I was a kid. You think that dog eat dog is starting to disappear a little bit? I think more? it should. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not saying I was right in that. Mm-hmm. that that's me owning it. But I think. I, I, I think the physical. I think what happened when Var Force came in was any contact was a foul, and and I don't think some of it was. It was like an arm on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's contact. He's dropped. It's a foul. I I think what they've done, and I have seen in the World Cup, they've allowed more tussles to become yeah. a little bit better. Fight for your space put your body in, put your hip in, whoever has the hip line in, the favourite, but that doesn't mean you have to go down for pressure from behind. I think in terms of the tackles, one of the things, if you're coming at pace and you're reckless and you're out of control, I think they should be red cards because they're the ones that your foot's planted or your body's planted, you can't get out of the way. So I think in terms of uh, the robustness should come back in, fighting for space, but I think the tackles like we've seen on Ferguson, Still should be red cards, in my opinion. Is there always a start at the start of a game, like a, a moment where you suss each other out, and there's you, you can tell whether you can handle somebody, or are there forwards you played against that just weren't the, that way inclined at all in terms of getting into the the physical challenge with you, or did you sometimes have to put a make a statement to somebody? Some of them were, and you get to know them again. I've played I, the leagues I played in. You generally play teams four times a, a season, whether it was in the League of Ireland or, or in, in in Scotland. Uh, obviously, I had a U career in England, but you tend to know which ones will give it back to you and give it, and they know as well. That they know they're in for a battle. Like I had some of the battles I had down the years with the likes of Kevin McHugh, who small little like would would fight you for every yard and and turn around and and then I had some other battles with bigger lads that was a mutual respect if you just gave each other a nod and if, if you caught you with an elbow Is there a difference between a, a, a hard physical battle that you shake hands after 90 minutes it's forgotten about it's, it's stayed in Vegas and somebody that you know is no you're a little bit nasty Yeah You know And they're the ones that you have to watch that they don't catch you on the sly or you think I've I've opened myself up to be done there, and then there, and then because in your head you're going, well, I need to do you before you do me a little bit, and yeah, and and it's weird even talking about, it, but they're the small little battles that go on on the football pitch, like you know, all the time. I don't like I said, they to still you, go on. 
I think they do still go on, yeah. I do think it is changing. I don't think to the extent. No, I agree. I don't think to the extent. Um, again, the one thing that definitely resonates me with me is, the, like you said, the fact that we play each other four times in the season. It gives a lot of time for bad blood to build up between two certain clubs or two certain managers or two certain players. Um, you know, that definitely adds to it all. I would say from the manager's perspective, it's more so a case of... And it definitely goes on, and I would be involved in doing it, and, and I'm sure plenty of other managers would, where you get to know that an opposition player is a hothead, and that you can get in his ear a little bit and wind him up. And by winding him up, either of two things might happen. One, he might play poorly because he's lost his concentration, or two, he might throw a dig or throw a stupid tackle and get himself a straight red, and you will go after a player like that. I'd, I'd There's no point saying otherwise. Of course you will. You'll go after I'd, a player I'd, like I'd that. I had a manager say to me, I'd rather you're suspended for three games than out for six weeks. Don't get done. You know, don't get done. It's very pragmatic for you. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, don't, don't get done. Whatever you do, don't like, and don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm, it sounds like I'm talking here, like I played with Johnny Giles for Leeds here, and that, <laughs> but it's not. That wasn't the case. But it was just that it was, it was the end of that sort of older era where we were coming full time in the two thousands. There was a lot of older, experienced players, and I terrible habits of going into tackles were pulling on things like pulling with my laces I went through about two pairs of boots in a month and there was a goalkeeper and his second the Mick Dempsey was the second goalkeeper at Longford and he just pulled me he said Graham stop pulling on things you're going to break your foot like and that's when I had to stop because I'd come through full like I was trying to hit a shot mm. and if an experienced fella just put up his foot one day bang and I was I'm, I'm out for a week with a bruised foot and he's mm. going you're lucky you didn't break your foot so things like that that you, you get help from the experience boys. Don't pull on anything again. Like never pulled on a thing again after that. Just going into a tackle though, like this is the thing. Like you know, people know when you can leave something on someone. Like you know, you, I assume as an experienced centre half, you sort of know your boundaries well. But you see a particular ball being played at a particular angle, and you see someone's body shape, you sort of know the, the lines, yeah. right? Yeah, so like that's something that you, the experienced players will know. You can leave someone, you're not, you're not trying to do someone as such, but you know when you can, yeah, you, and you can I, make it a sore one. Yeah, and as you get older, you, you, you spot them because you see like he's torn and blind here, like he's torn and blind into it and he hasn't looked and the ball's there and then you go and then you know he's going to, he hasn't spotted you at all, so he's not set. He's not ready to ride this tackle, like things like that. Or and more to the point, do you have a do you have a, a, a reaction to the tackle for the referee's sake that you you know how to res- to get up and and play the nice innocent sort of? Uh, yeah, I never tried to do that no. that much. No, I didn't care if I was guilty or not at the time. Like, <laughs> but it was it was that type of thing of, and the ref the refs knew though. The ref would be like, I've had refs say to him, "What were you doing going into that?" Like. Like uh, one of the ones that I speak about, Liam Carney's one in the cup final in 05, I think, playing Drotta. And it, like it became s- synonymous with the game. Like I was playing right side of centre back. Liam knocked the boy, uh, Damien Lynch. And Liam's on his way to get it. Now, I'd be very good friends with Liam. Liam was my age group, but Ireland, I didn't try and do Liam. But I, I also had to make a tackle. And I, and I, and I hear him like, and I, I think I winded him and bruised his ribs and everything and put him right out and I was walking out at half time with him and me and Liam are talking and he's like jeez God, you gave me an awful one there and I says you okay and he's like can't breathe and I says and then he goes to me what was I doing going into that and I'm laughing going I know like 
Mm. And it became like that. And I still speak to Liam this day, and he's like, I still have his, like, he goes, my ribs still hurt and everything. See you. <laughs> like, but, it, it, but again, he knew, he knew himself, I shouldn't have went near that. Like, okay. Mm. And welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five in the company of Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent, Graham McArtland, the former League of Ireland player, and the Cove Ramblers manager, Shane Keegan. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. The Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us on 53106. Just to let you know, in the hurling this afternoon, the league is back uh, this week and Kilkenny have won 118 to 15 points away to Antrim. And in the little ladies football league, there's been a win for Kerry. Uh, This was against uh, Donegal earlier on by 210 to 111 at Austin Stack Park. Uh, The horse uh, we were talking about was it uh, Percival... uh, Legalios, is that is it? No, Legalwa. Legalwa. It's French, yeah. Yeah, my, my, my French is obviously not as good as yours today, <laughs> Dan. Uh, so look, yeah, uh, as it all flies through. Uh, Ireland have got that bonus point, 34 points to 10. They lead now against Wales in Cardiff. So Josh van der Fleer with the fourth try, brilliant stuff. So, uh, lads, when we're talking about, in general terms, when I'm looking at the scores in the Premier League, Man United won, Crystal Palace nil, and Wolves two, Liverpool nil. Ericton Hags brought United to a final at Wembley uh, against Newcastle at the end of the month. Uh, he seems to be doing everything right. He does, yeah, he certainly does, John. Um, it's just the way that he's managed to, like, you know, we would have been sitting in the studio here 12 months ago and talking about like how many of the current United squad could you ever really see in a United team that were going to do well, like in terms of challenging top two, top three, and you know we pretty much wrote nearly all of them off. The fact that he's managing to get a tune out of so many players, like it's impossible to have seen Rashford to reinvigorate in the manner that he is. Like I know he was a good player previously, but the depths he reached last year, like he was, you know, he he looked almost finished. Like I know it's mad to say you couldn't write a fell off that's still that young. But, you know, you couldn't see him rising back to the standard that he's got at the moment. He's playing absolutely superbly. Same applies to Bruno Fernandes. We had seen the heights he hit when he came in at first, but then his form seemed to fall off a cliff. Back absolutely super stuff again at the moment. Shaw, um, you know, there's so many examples all over the field of okay. fellas who, yeah, yeah, of fellas who, you know, just seem to be on a complete downward spiral who have now completely and utterly reignited. And they look good, they look solid. Um Casemiro's been classed on, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Like he has been the, you know, for all the fellas who have refound form, it's the addition of him has been, without a doubt, the key recruitment. He's just been top class. Not much about Marcel Sabitzer. Can't say I do a huge amount. Yeah. I'd be lying yeah, if it's the, all they brought him in for Erickson, like, I don't think he'd be a regular starter there. Well, he's Erickson's out now three months. That's, that's but the sorry, regular starter at Bayern. I mean, I, I wouldn't like. Yeah, I would have yeah. seen a decent. Now he didn't play in the team today. Like uh, those selected earlier on, it's Casemiro, Fred uh, in the middle of the park. So uh, wait and see. Like when when I'm looking at when you're looking at the, the obviously what Ten Hag has done it you know they've gone and played like counter attack football at times where he, I think when they had that result against Liverpool they only had thirty percent possession you know if they had done that under Mourinho or or under somebody else it might have been frowned upon but they they got a result because I again I think against the other teams. They're able to go and dominate the other teams and then they're willing to go, well, we might need to suffer against the likes of Liverpool or Man City because they're a little bit ahead in terms of the development. And again, fans are willing to do that as long as you're trying to do the right things against the teams that they feel they should be. So if you want to go and get results against Liverpool, we don't care how we play as long as we beat Liverpool. We don't care how we play as long as we beat City. We care how we play, making sure we beat everybody else. And I think that's where... The club has bought into that, the fans have bought into that, and the players have bought into that with Ten Hag. So, 
the, even when they beat Arsenal in the Old Trafford game, uh, I know a couple of uh, sort of decisions went their way. They were really good on the counter attack. Mm. So against the top teams, they've been really good in the counter attack. It's a tactical, tactical flexibility, yeah, exactly. isn't there? There really is a tactical but flexibility. But it's also the buy in from everybody behind it to go, well, that's okay. Now, in two years' time and three years' time, they might go out and go toe to toe with a Man City or it might be Arsenal at that stage, and you go, right, but they're not there yet. But he's willing to change it. But I also, but I think there's a patience in the fact that under Mourinho, if they gave, remember, the, I think Mourinho went to Anfield and, and rolled over a little bit, gave up the ball, let them have it. They got beaten in anyway, and the United fans are like, nah, nah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's too much that way. So I think in that sense that he's brought them with the money. That right, we're gonna. There's gonna be times we're gonna suffer because we're not quite there where we need to be. He's only in the job. But there's a confidence in the fact that he's going to bring them through it and get them to where they feel they, they should be. Job done in Cardiff, 34 points to 10. Ireland win with a bonus point. Everything that you'd want. Caitlin Doris, James Ryan, James Lowe and Josh van der Fleer with the tries. Johnny Sexton went off about 13 minutes from the end. Hopefully there's nothing uh, serious around that. And there was a tactical issue with uh, Ross Byrne coming on. But yeah, well set now for their many four games and the visit of France, the... Uh, Grand Slam champions to Dublin next Saturday and obviously we'll have plenty of coverage now from Ashley O'Reilly and Gordon Darcy reflecting on that game on the Off The Ball channels uh, from Cardiff. Uh, when we're looking at Liverpool on the other hand lads like 2-0 down to Wolves today I just kind of feel like Klopp's just going to quit at some stage it'd be unexpected because does he have the appetite does he I know he's going to sign a longer deal but does he have the appetite to go again now because it seems like a rebuilding job is now needed there uh, as opposed to just a fix. Can I ask you why you feel that? Because I don't think he's... Like, I know he's left Dortmund, but he's never shown in his career... He's never quit anywhere else. Surely, you know, when you say it he's was, got to quit... Co- it was a comment he made a couple of weeks ago that he, maybe the best days are behind us. I'm not paraphrasing what he said here, but it's just that feeling that... They had a bit of a mediocre season a couple of seasons ago. Then they went and went to... Well, they won both Cups yeah, and went yeah. to every single game, the, the end of every single game last year, about the, the league title and the, the Champions League. And you're wondering when you're seeing Chelsea just spending like Brewster's millions, when you're seeing Arsenal buying players, when you're seeing Man United back on the, on the up, Newcastle have unlimited money, Liverpool are being sold. You're just wondering the Gagan press is, is not as effective as it was. It's inconsistent. Is he is he is he up for another two to three years of building this Liverpool side into into what they were again? Depend. Dep- I think if he's given the space and given the signings that he wants, I think he would buy into it fully. And it, it is going to be interesting to see, you know, like it's looking like this season. Let's say they don't finish. Essentially, could effectively not finish top six, which is absolutely remarkable now, right? But if they don't finish in Europe at all. And if it gets to the end of the season, what is the vibe amongst Liverpool supporters at the end of the season? Is it time for a change or is it let's back this man and get him back, you know, he can take us back to where we belong? Because I I wouldn't write him off bringing them back from the brink again or or bringing them back from where they are again. Absolutely not. I mean, straight away, like I don't know if they're going to get their hands on, on Bellingham, but for me, if they did... Like I, I think that would be a transformational signing for them straight off the bat, straight off the bat. I really, I've never seen one club so in need of a particular player's skill set. I mean, he to me, he is exactly what they're crying out for at the nearly moment. Nearly like Casemiro, you know, there you are, yeah. there you are, a, a, a specific kind kind of player that has all the attributes they're missing, who can almost single handedly have that much of a, a, a an effect on everybody around them. I think it would be. An incredible signing for them. Um, look, they need you know one or two more. Um, the midfield at the moment, like you see, I think Batchich is starting again today, isn't yeah, he? I mean, he is, he's, yeah. how young is he? Like yeah. it's it's 
it's it's it's crazy. Carvielli has been playing probably more than they were expecting. Yeah. Um. So there is a, a bit done, but if I put it, if I, if I was a Liverpool supporter, I would be saying to the board, okay, listen, let's ride out the rest of this season. Okay, let's take it on the chin. It hasn't been as good as we want, but let's go again with this man. Let's give him what he needs, and let's 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 reach the levels we've been at before. I think he can do it anyway. Like I know, I know why John would say it. Like does, I know where that hunch, why that might linger. Um, just because you sort of assume that, like he's been on the treadmill for so long, like going at it, and you sort of think, you know, is it hard to to cope with another year like this year? You know, like it, because the standards are they've set are so high. But I suppose like they did have what the season before last, where they just Allison got the the goal on the last day to sort of get them into the Champions League. You know, it's it's more. I wouldn't be having that hunch that it would happen now. But obviously, if if we're if next season is no better than this season, then you sort of start to think, okay, you know, yep. does, he, does he reach a point? But there'd need to be something else going on. Like, I mean, we've said it before, like maybe the, something like the Germany national team or something, but they have someone in place up until the Euros being there in summer 2024. Like, what is he going to go and do? You See, know? I, again, and, and maybe it's the coming from the manager angle, I suppose, but I just think, like, when a fella builds up a certain amount of credit in the bank, that credit has to seem true tougher times. Like, where did the ultimate example? I oh, know, but it comes to him like, though. I don't think I don't think he's ever going to be pushed out the no, door. No, 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 okay. no, no, I think it's more a case of it's, his no, own. Yeah, it's yeah, it's his own. Yeah, nobody in Liverpool should be calling for Klopp. Like Klopp De- is definitely not. icon up there, and, and not not a board level, not at supporter level. Again, as I say, look, you, you see what happened with Tottenham. Like, how the hell? Pochettino hadn't bought himself more time yeah, when yeah. he eventually went through tough times and were driving John to the depths of despair. I feel the frustration in, in the Klopp one that you're like, you got Liverpool back to where they, they were in so many finals in Champions League. They win a league. They, they could nearly win it again last year. And they're up against the spending might of Man City, who it's a little bit loaded in their favour. They're trying, they're punching above yeah. in terms of financially. And then you, like you said, Chelsea come in and go, "Well, we're going to spend X amount." And Arsenal have started to spend a little bit, which which Arsenal fans have been crying out for. Jorginho, as well. yeah, yeah. So they they end up then going, and and he's probably thinking, if I don't get the resources to go against these, then it's going to be maybe a struggle. So I, I agree to a certain extent that. Unless he goes and gets assurances from the club that he's going to give them, a, and here's one of your football a war chest that you're talking yeah. about, one of those from from a couple of give weeks ago. War chest, yeah, give him a war chest. Yeah, I was listening. So um, unless he goes and says like, give us the financial backing to allow me to rebuild this squad. Now they have been a, a couple of years ago. They were unlucky with the injuries to Goff. We were talking about bad tackles. Pickford tackles on on Van Dijk was one of those ones where the height of it, the pace of it, the the sort of maybe the intention behind it leads to a bad injury for Van Dijk, and he was he was so vital. They missed out on a lot of players that year through injury, but they still managed to get Champions League this year. They haven't. The, Diaz has been the one that they maybe missed because Mane had left as well, and Diaz was brilliant for them when he when he came in. But they haven't really missed many that you think they're vital. You'd look. You'd actually. You'd, you'd wonder, like, could the Mane situation have been handled better, or could it have been handled yeah, differently? Like, I don't think. I, I know Liverpool fans uh, realise he was a good player. I'm not fully sure they realise just how good he was. Like during that, during that successful period. He played more minutes than yeah. any other Liverpool player. That's right. He yeah. was the constant all the time. He was the constant there. And I suppose there was this balancing act going on between the amount of money that Salah wanted for a new contract, 
almost made it impossible for them to keep Mane. And, you know, that's where... It cost more to replace him. Absolutely. And and Salah. And Wanyam and uh, Gigi Wijnaldum as well. I thought he another was... Loss. Yeah, he was another yeah, loss. the impact on Salah as well. It's yeah. the impact yeah. on Salah. He hasn't, you know, he absolutely hasn't kind of produced since that new contract, really, to the levels that the contract he got demands, if we're perfectly honest about it. Um, but again... You know, he is another one that could be reignited very easily. I mean, he's yeah. not at an age where he should be on in, in free fall at this stage yet either. Uh, five three one six Liverpool fans love to hear your views on this uh, quandary that you're in at the moment. Two 0 down away to Wolves of all teams. Uh, although I think Lavakategi is a class manager and we'll, we'll we'll get Wolves safe. Man United were watching here on the TV one 0 up against Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. Uh, Bruno Fernandez with the goal from the penalty spot in the first half. Uh, Brighton nil, Bournemouth nil. No Evan Ferguson in the Brighton squad today. Brentford two, Southampton nil. Brentford always good at home. And Aston Villa two, Leicester three. A lot of signings coming into the Leicester team. A lot of changes in defence actually today. And they're now leading Aston Villa in the battle of uh, Rodgers and Emery. Everton one, Arsenal nil. Uh, speaking of transfers, Dan, was there anybody from an Irish perspective that caught your eye during the week, or was it just mainly about Matt Doherty and uh, Michael Obafemi? Yeah, I think I think Doherty is the main one um, that sort of started the most debate. The Obafemi one has been going on for a while. Yeah. There's a few other sort of loans and stuff, young, Coventry, yeah. younger ones that have happened earlier in the window and, and maybe ones for the future. But, um, I mean, even the likes of sort of Shawnee Maguire move, and I know Shane would know well, and, and a couple of people, like little individual stories that are interesting. But I think the Doherty one sort of jumps to the, the top of the list just because it's such a, a modern transfer. Like we touched on it earlier on, the sort of the quirkiness of the fact that Spurs, again, uh-oh, we've got an issue here with our loans and the ability at short notice to turn a loan into a, a writing off a year of someone's contract. You know, I don't think Matt Doherty will be left out of pocket by this solution, you know, and when you have a very influential agent in your corner, as he does, like represented by Jorge Mendes, uh, you know, you're you're not going to be left in a quandary. You're not. You know, I'm sure whatever was put to Matt Doherty, whatever solution was put to him, he knows that he's not going to be sitting there in the summer going, "Oh, geez, I'm a free agent now. I didn't see this one coming." Yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah. I think that think loan didn't work out. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. Um, but yeah. I mean, there is. I mean, I, I mean, sort of talking about it, but there is something like we we love the idea of like an Irish player playing for uh, a European club when actually it's going to become a lot more common just the way the football world is now, particularly with some of our younger lads going to that neck of the woods. But I, I mean, say, when you say this morning was the first time in a long, long time that I looked online to see what time Atletico Madrid were yeah. playing at. Today. Yeah, anyway. yeah. No, <laughs> and who was the last ones to go? Obviously, the, the you had. The one that sticks out to me was Aldridge Trail Sociedad back in 89. Yeah, you had Aldridge, Kevin Moore, and like Michael Moore, Robinson yeah. go for people go back and Ian Hart play Ian Hart in the Vante, yeah. Steve Finnan as well. Steve Finnan. In Espanol as well, and Moore. It was Phil Espanol, Bob in Lisbon. Phil yeah. Bob went to there's, Lisbon. Yeah, and like that's it. You've had, so there's, 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 there's been that young kid at Getafe as well who's Irish qualified. Um, Finn, but um, yeah, in terms of sort of a more established player going there, I think Finnan is the most recent one. Um, and yeah, some of the, the latter day ones are, are possibly lads moving more so towards the end of their career. Whereas I suppose in the late 80s, um, that was a time when a lot of players from um, UK and Ireland went to sort of Europe because that's where the money was. Yeah. And, and you had, you know, you would have had a time there obviously where the English clubs weren't allowed in European competition and so on. So um, there would have been a few, few angles to going abroad at that stage for various other players, not necessarily the ones we've mentioned. But Alec, I mean, he is going to a club where um, they have an established first choice right back, Molina, who was involved in the Argentina squad that won the World Cup. You would presume, though, still, 
Um, you know, he is such a, I think Doherty is a very competent player. Like I think he's, you know, on a, on a good day, he's, he's very capable that he'll get some games. But it's almost like a bridge move in some respects as well. That I'd imagine there's some kind of plan for Doherty in the summer. And that will come to fruition. It may not necessarily be there. I, I can't imagine. It may not be. Like, I mean, look at where he's going. Like Simeone's on the way out of there. Like um, I mean, Conte's probably looks like he's on the way out of Spurs. Like, but that doesn't matter to Doherty now. But does it, it seems like there's a lot of like short-termism going on here. This is a six-month. Like it's a no, low-risk gamble for Doherty. Probably yeah. go and give it a go. You can always say you've tried it, and who knows? It could open some other doors. And yeah. Spurs fans. Surrounded by probably the most sports fans I've ever been surrounded by in my life, but <laughs> would you be disappointed to lose him? Uh, not really. Um, and nothing against him. He's a solid pro, very good player. Um, Pedro Parra, we'll have to wait and see. Didn't play a minute for Manchester City. Has been doing well at Sporting, but the issue for me though, John, would have I, been I, like, I, I would have liked to see Emerson Royal going out the door. Well, I, you know, uh, or like uh, Spurs, Conte wants to play wing-backs and the wing-backs he's had are not good enough to challenge for like the really top of the Premier League they're good enough to be 6th, 7th, 8th at the moment in an attacking sense yeah I would say well Session on an attack and Emerson on an attacking sense are definitely not there Um, I think Doherty on an attacking sense much much better Um, still probably not good enough to compensate on the fact that he hasn't probably done well enough for Conte defensively. Like Spurs were a team with Kyle Walker and Danny Rose as as wing-backs or full-backs we had Trippier as well Trippier so, Mother of God, look at the level he's at at the moment. And, like, and, and also, but, but also oh, Tripp- Trippier benefited from a move to Atletico Madrid. Which Bale as well. Oh. Trippier benefited from Bale a move Huddle. to uh, Atletico Madrid, but maybe Matt Doherty can. Um, yeah. But I was just looking at like, the Premier League, I was looking at stats during the week. The 79% of the spend across all the top five leagues in Europe was from the Premier League, and it's spent three times as much in transfers in the other four big leagues combined. Where it's at is actually in England. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you think about the 80s, 90s, you know, players going over to Sorry, yeah. uh, or, or or Spain as, as the dream. Like Steve McManaman was the dream. Like it was an upgrade for him to go to Liverpool to Real Madrid. Whereas now I think it's an upgrade for anybody to be in the top six in the Premier League. Even, even Man United, even Ronaldo. Matt, so that that yeah. also illustrates that Matt Doherty is a very, very good footballer. You know, to be playing in, in the fifth, generally team that's been qualifying the Champions League four or five, six years in a row. Yeah. Mm. I know, like it is. I mean, the broader point. I mean, it is obscene the spending in the Premier League. It's like it's just gone off the charts, and and you know, you, you see like clubs, you know, like Nottingham Forest are just. Oh, Andrea, you was just coming in there after the window as well. Taylor and Navis. It's just Taylor Navis, <laughs> and they already have Dean Henderson. It's just, it's just, it's sort of obscene uh, stuff, really. Two 0 to United now. Yeah, uh, they've they've made it two 0 I mean, and that is the thing. Like, I mean, it's going around in circles. Like, will it, will the bubble ever burst? And you kind of wonder. You know, like when you see these top managers coming into sort of mid-table Premier League clubs, it's like, is this a, a period of time we look back on in, in years to come? Going, that was a bit crazy, or is this just the new the new normal? You know, with the, with the sort of the the Chelsea model of of ownership and and almost like lifting it up another level, like raising the bar in terms of sort of uh, money being no object to anything. So, um, I mean, there are still obviously top players in other leagues. Um, but what's striking is that some people are willing to sacrifice playing Champions League football in another country to come to a club in England that's never going to be in the Champions League. And that's probably not healthy. Mark Strashford with his 10th Premier League goal this season and kind of a tap in from six really yard box. Really good team goal though, isn't it? Uh, Luke really Shaw with the, with the delivery. Really good passing. You led me down a rabbit hole there, quick Google when you were talking about Irish players who played in Spain. We yeah. forgot about a former League of Ireland manager. I know who you're talking about. Liam Buckley. 
Oh, book. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> yeah, great, a terrific playing <laughs> career. Yeah. Right, yeah. Was it Santander? Where you said Santander was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Alan Campbell before him. The two yeah. of them played up front together for Robbers, didn't he? At some stage. Yeah. Buckley and Campbell. Yeah, and Buckley, like you sort of, he's been around the League of Ireland so long. Yeah. People would forget yeah. that he lived a really like yeah. interesting football life as a player. See on the thing you're talking about, like the behemoth, like the the TV money from at the moment for the Premiership is astronomical. It's the international rights as well have exactly. been a huge game that, changer for yeah, them. Ex- so the overseas rights more yeah, than yeah, the domestic. But yeah, that, see, that's that's what's driving all the Super yeah. League stuff. This so, is why it happens because you have like Madrid and obviously Juventus are a disgrace now again at the yes. moment. But like you have a situation where these traditional powers in Europe are agitating because they're looking at the Deloitte rich list and all these and you're seeing like Premier League clubs filling the top 20 spots who on, you know, your your traditional perception of what a big name is like these aren't yeah. big name clubs Historically, don't know. and they're killing like um, all bar a few like you know Bar like you still got Bayern and Barca and Madrid to an extent but like they're all like you see the Barca financial stuff in recent times Atletico's debts are insane you still have Simeone who's like the highest paid manager in the world or whatever but yeah. you know Joe Felix who then they have to try and Sort of uh, get don't out the door, and, and they'll yeah. never see, you'll never see Joe Felix again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, he got the three-game ban that yeah. Garden would have liked, as opposed <laughs> yes. to the, you know, getting done for three-game ban instead. Yeah, like the, the old old-school Joe Felix. Yeah. You know? but even the but managers are gravitating towards it. Like, yeah. look at the level Uno. Well, that's why I was saying. Yeah, the Aston Villa manager. You know, a team that were just above the relegation zone when he came. And even like you, like like even when you touch on it with. Rogers walks out of Celtic, who's in the Champions League. He's on. He's on to win ten in a row. He up and leaves to go to Leicester, and then you have a year later, Gerard goes from Rangers, who's another bohemian. These are massive yeah. clubs. Shows where international management is not also where it's yeah. at. Uh, you yeah. know, well, it's only playing second field. As as, as 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 in terms of obviously for pride perspective, is massive, but. Yeah, like you saw, see he, people he, saying, he, "How the hell did Martin uh, did did Martinez manage to get the Portugal job?" But I mean, what other but Mourinho oh, would have thought would have oh there's a, there's a scuffle here there's a there's a bit oh, of a flare up in the Man United Crystal Palace game um, well, it's getting enough now isn't it yeah it's back hopefully someone in the, <laughs> yeah, we run hopefully no one in the day. crowd gets involved as will be the tradition oh with Crystal Palace uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so was, uh, uh, Man, worry, United, Man United leading by two goals to nil the has uh, got it covered here the Six Nations has been won 34 points to 10 and now the uh, the drama has shifted from Cardiff to Manchester at Old Trafford Ireland winning with we were talking points. about maybe this is the new the new physicality of the game That's here it. we're just going to yeah. bring back remember Arsenal and Man United in the late 80s had a, had a massive row like a, right. it, was, it was David Webb or something wasn't it, it was Neil anymore. Webb was it Neil Webb sorry is there a late challenge Ooh. oh, oh. Was all right. similar that? to the one I was mentioning off air remember there Ben Thatcher and Mendes where he puts him over to the sideline look uh, Anthony ah, barged out of the way as bad as it looked the first time actually yeah. no, no it's just that he goes so for people who are not seeing it it's a tackle on Anthony but because there's sort of a ramp coming off or there's a slope coming off down the side of the pitch when Schlupp tackles him Anthony goes flying which obviously makes it um, yeah, look, several times more impactful yeah yeah. than the other players get involved but even like we were talking about the change like Crystal Palace had these managers that were all about being robust, keeping them up. Ian Dowie. Yeah. Uh, Roy Hodgson. Um, Pulis. Pulis was in charge. Adam Pardew. And then they go, uh, the, I remember he got the bore one year. That was a short Yeah, that was a short one as well. And then they go, right, well, they've gone all in with Vieira now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. That's what's happening there in the, in the Premier League. Um, just a, uh, 
breaking news story possible delays of the Wexford Galway hurling league game patrons moved onto the pitch after safety concerns in the main stand Wexford GA have tweeted we have a slight safety concern at Chadwick's Wexford Park we're awaiting advice from the fire officer Mains power is also out we've got further updates as soon as available so just anybody who's around or going to that Wexford Galway hurling league game to be notable of the uh, announcements down at Wexford Park Man United 2 Crystal Palace nil. this is Football Saturday Dan McDonald, Graham Gartland Shane Keegan Everton 1 Arsenal nil. a result from earlier is Arsenal's title challenge now over it's a joke uh, Aston Villa 2 Leicester 3 uh, Brentford 2 Southampton 0 these are latest scores Brighton 0 Bournemouth 0 Man United 2 Crystal Palace 0 and Wolves still 2-0 up against Liverpool at Molyneux Newcastle kick off against West Ham at half 5 in the Championship Norwich 0 Burnley 3 is a result Burnley and Vincent Company and Josh Cullen soaring towards the Premier League uh, Rotherham 0 Sheffield United 0 Huddersfield 1 QPR 1 is a latest uh, Hull 1 Cardiff 0 Luton 1 Stoke 0 the latest Middlesbrough 2 Blackpool 0 Millwall 1 Sunderland 0 Preston 1 Bristol City 2 Reading 1 Watford 2 and Swansea 3 Birmingham 2 what's going on now lads? Asmir's in trouble here in this John look he has him caught around the neck look yeah. he has used that two hands around his throat he has his yeah. two hands around the throat on that row that we they're were watching they're slowing down so they're yeah, slowing down on yeah. bar to look at whether there's any what they're looking incidents at, yeah. that were uh, punishable but I'd say Casemiro's in big trouble here yeah so he's gone over to look right? Manchester United leading Crystal Palace by two goals to nil mm. Yeah, so Bruno Fernandes after seven minutes. Card? Is that down as a red card? Above the shoulders, isn't it? Think any contact above the shoulders? Mm. Think he could be in trouble here? Yeah. He's gone across, the ref's gone across to have a look at the screen himself now. The VAR, the, uh, the fellow up in the studio obviously can't make his mind up. But uh, they'll all be holding their breath because... Did they ever go the against one? the decision of the screen? Is it one to the other to the screen? Is that always really, really bad news? Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. Bad news in Scotland about it a while ago. Uh, the last couple of weeks it's been getting... Casemiro on, on Will Hughes there. He's got him in a, in a chokehold. It's like something out of a wrestling match. Yeah. The ref, I mean, the, the, you've seen the audience since recently, but the ref will go their own way. But generally you would think when they're being sent over, um, someone is saying there's a red card incident here, but... Um, he has weight, but he's on the way back here. We'll find out. We will find this out. Is no the drama now of modern football. These are the. These <laughs> Don't are the know if it makes for great radio, but no, no. Well, you know, he's calling him in. Yeah, he's, he's calling, calling him Casemiro. In. He's, he's calling him in. He's reaching to his. You know, it, it's man, off. Yeah. Casemiro sent off from Manchester United. <laughs> In the game against Crystal Palace, and they're down to 10 men with 20 minutes to go. The Brazilian going to the line. Manchester United leading by two goals to nil. That's silly. Like he's, you know, just a bit of pushing and shoving in general. You should. He's yeah. experienced enough that he shouldn't know how to push and shove without doing it in a manner that results <laughs> in a red card, isn't he? He has, he has no GAA background. That's what. That's what's yeah. cost yeah. him. We got to take a break. We're back with Graham Gartland, Shane Keegan, and Dan McDonald after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John, they're going with you as always until five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Uh, some messages coming in about Liverpool. Check out a great article on Sky Sports a couple of days ago about the brain drain at Liverpool. They've lost a lot of talent off the field as well, says Michael and Kerry. And Liverpool financial clout, ex- exclamation mark, can't compete. They spent a fortune recently on Nunez and Gapco. Uh, their net spend over the last five years right up with the City and Arsenal. A latest scores, Casemiro sent off, as we mentioned just before the break from Man United, but they lead Crystal Palace 2-0 at Old Trafford. Can Palace capitalise in the last, what, 15 minutes? They've just oh. scored. They've just scored as I speak. Crystal Palace have brought it back and it is that man, Jeffrey Schlupp, who has uh, got, got himself booked for a, a tackle on Anthony and he's uh, put the ball into the top corner. Crystal Palace have pulled one back against Man United. Man United 2, Crystal Palace 1. Yeah, because the Gea just made a brilliant save previous to that yeah. there to, to knock it away for the corner actually. So it's and it's it's the follow up set piece and he's 
He's just poked it home from a ball that's rebounding in there. So it's going to make for a very interesting last 15, 20 minutes now. This is a big 15 for United. Wow. A third goal for Wolves. Wolves 3-0 now against oh. Liverpool. Ruben Neves. Oh my God. Brighton nil, Bournemouth nil, Brentford 2, Southampton nil, Aston Villa 2, Leicester 3. Uh, Cyrus Christie scored for Hull in the Championship. 1-0, they lead Cardiff. Um, other latest scores there. Huddersfield 1, QPR 1, Luton 1, Stoke 0, Middlesbrough 3, Blackpool 0, Millwall 1, Sunderland 0, Preston 1, Bristol City 2, Reading 1, Watford 3, Swansea 3, Birmingham 2. Bonus point win for Ireland in the rugby, 34 points to 10 against Wales and Cardiff. Josh van der Fleer, James Ryan, uh, James Lowe and also Caelan Doris touching down as Ireland look to build on that with the visit of France to the Aviva next weekend. Newcastle, West Ham, half five. The teams are in. Nick Pope in goal. Trippier, Botman, Cher and Byrne. St. Maximan gets a start with Willock and Longstaff. Joe Linton, Callum Wilson and Almiron for the Toons. Uh, for West Ham, Fabianski, uh, Agbana, Kerr and Aguer. Uh, Sofal, uh, Lucas Paqueta, Declan Rice and Emerson, Antonio Bowen and Ben Rama for West Ham. Uh, Kilkenny beat Antrim in the Hurling League. This was in Division 1, Group B, 118 to 15 points at Corrigan Park today. Shane Keegan, you're building up to a new season with Cove Ramblers. Have you made any kind of Cristiano Ronaldo-style signings or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, it's about, we probably have. Uh, I think we we picked up a fella, Jelly, called Jack Doherty that would, uh, I suppose, by, by first division standards and, and our standards, considering we finished rock bottom last year, would have been a bit of a shock. I, I just, I noticed he threw out a... He threw out the, the usual uh, thank you very much for my time at my previous club kind of tweet to Wexford um, the day before we announced him and the clamour on social media was whether he was signing for Waterford United or Cork City. So the fact that it was us and neither of those two kind of shows, I suppose, what a big signing it was for us. So, um, ah, look, he's got a touch of class. He's, he's very, very good. We've brought a fella down on loan from, from Galway um, as well, Wilson Waweru, and we've also got a player back who had gone to Galway, Charlie Lyons. So, yeah, no, it's, it's coming together reasonably well, so it is, and our pre-season results have been been pretty good. Pre-season is a bit mental, as you can imagine. Like, once you get into the season, it's kind of routine and everything takes care of itself. But uh, in pre-season, you're, you're bouncing around, you don't really know what's going on from one week to the next because games get moved around and there's all sorts of things going on. How lots many of, lots of moving parts. Um, we'd have five, six, I suppose. We'd have, if we include the young fellow that we have in an intern who's kind of fairly involved in, in that as well, we'd have six of us. Um, we were up last night, actually. We were up in Dublin last night. We were, we were down to play Pats, um, but they had a, they picked up a couple of injuries and they had to pull it. So we fair play to kill the man out, kill the man out in a very strong Leinster Senior League side. They come out, uh, Conor Kenna, who the lads that know former League of Ireland um, players, is looking after them. So they came out and, and played us last night. So really appreciate them jumping into the gap. And we're going to, uh, we're poshing it, it up a bit tomorrow. We're going to FOTA. Oh. So we are. We're all the all the top Premier League sides <laughs> like to land into. So we're giving the giving the morning out and out and fought out. Yeah, they've we, got went fantastic there with, facilities we went there with the fourteens last year. It was Did brilliant you? Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I asked you this: so, so you're scheduled for a part-time club because yeah. a lot of people think, ah, oh, yeah. Well, I love this discussion. part time because full-time. It's yeah, but that's <laughs> a, that's the question. So it's evening training, of, is it? It is. Yeah. And you try and get the most in then on your weekends. Yeah. I, I, obviously, I, I've been through it as both, so it's just seeing what it is. So now. you take you take this week. For example, um, like you know, part time and you know, lads who by and large are getting yeah. paid very, very little. Um, we trained Monday night. We played Waterford Tuesday night. They were off Wednesday. We trained Thursday night. They come all the way up to Dublin to play a game last night. They're off tomorrow and they're in from half nine till half one tomorrow. 
Yeah. So that's that's their their last seven days. You know, part time. Mm. You know, <laughs> I get the the meaning. Part time really means how much you can afford to pay a person. Really, is is what we refer to as part time because it's definitely not a part time commitment. JD, that's for sure. You know, mm. it's really really not. But you um, were up playing Shamrock Rovers a couple of weeks back. You were saying we were up. We played Rovers. Yeah, it was just with this man sitting beside me. Beside me, we we played Rovers a couple of weeks back. Um, the big clubs, JD, would would fix two games for the one day, such would be the resources they'd have player personnel wise and that. Um, so I know. Stephen Stephen Bradley had had fixed Bray. They were playing Bray that morning. And then us just after lunch. And what they did was they split their 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 let's say their strong their first team players. They split them half and half. Kind of eleven went one and eleven went to the other. But then the the kids they're they're kind of 16, 17 year olds togged out as subs for both games. Togged out for as subs for the Bray game and then togged back out as subs for against us. Because when I, I was obviously I was looking at the lineup playing Bray to see who was featuring. So I know who wasn't going to feature against us. And uh, they were one nil up at half time, but they, they won at four nil. But I was looking at all the goal scores, and I didn't know any of the names. And I was like, "Who are all these?" And uh, so they played us in the afternoon, and again it was one nil with about an hour left. And um, they took pretty much the whole team off and brought on a lot of fellas that are about my height. And for those who don't know you know me now, I'm about five foot six. And uh, all these fresh faced 16, 17 year olds. And in my naivety, I said to our lads, "Come on, lads, we're only one behind now, and let's go for the throat here. Great chance to get an equaliser playing against the team of kids." And my God, they were mind blown. Their their level of technique was scary. Really, they were actually they were actually better for that half an hour. <laughs> I know the first team lads won't like to hear me saying it, but they were better for that half an hour than they actually had been for the previous hour. And it just look, in one sense you're going, you know, when's the conveyor belt going to stop for overs? But in the other sense, you are looking and going, you know, if this is the standard of player that we're starting to produce. Like things can only be moving in the right direction, surely, because the technique level was just. We were we thought we could get up in their face and chase them and nick the ball off them. And nah, ping, 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 ping. It was brilliant to see it. Goals in the Premier League. Uh, Leicester their fourth against Aston Villa. Welcome win for Brendan Rodgers' side. Dennis Pratt with the fourth and Brentford three. Southampton nil now. Matthias Jensen says Southampton struggling at the bottom of the Premier League. Man United two. Crystal Palace one. As we said, Palace trying to get that equaliser with Casemiro sent off and Wolves three. Liverpool nil. Like that's such a bad, bad result for Liverpool. You know, it's just a bad result. Um, yeah. Mm. So these kids are are good then, Graham. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> not for me to say. <laughs> Very yeah. modest now, sitting there quietly. Oh, no, it's not. It's not modest about it. I'm not the one doing the work. They're the ones doing it. They own their careers. They own it. But yeah, the biggest thing when we probably looking back and I think it was what year did we start? It was 2013. I would say, um, even it was Shane. Obviously, had come in. Shane Robinson had come in as director of coaching, and then he had asked Stephen and asked myself to start coming in and helping. And the model was that we wanted players that had all the heart that we still had in Irish football, mm. but to try and give them a technique and a bravery that allowed them to to basically get careers at the highest level of the game. And that's what you're trying. Some of them will fall short, but if they're falling short, you're hoping that they still have careers. Uh, and if they're able to get to the highest level, they can. But we've a lot of positives in Ireland in terms of our heart and our endeavour and our attitude and all that. And it's about channeling that sometimes into technique as well. So that, it, that's the big thing. It's really interesting, right, that you're talking about an Irishness and an Irish heart about them. Where, and then I would say that one of the things I noticed looking at the team sheet was the, right, the variety of surnames. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, but they, the, the variety all, of surnames. But they've grown up in Ireland, yeah. And but it's given them that, like, 
as I say, the, the courageousness, the right keen type of attitude of we're going to maximise your your output here, but also with a technique and a skill level behind it. It's even that bravery thing that, and this is me going into coaching at a younger age group, say, like if you're winning 1-0, instead of holding on to the result, go and make a 2-0. If you're winning 2-0, relax and go and make a 3-0. Whereas sometimes, and I see it, it's we've this fearfulness of what we're losing. Yeah. So that and that bravery to go and take a game and and you see it we played really well we were one nil down yeah you had nothing to lose we need to have a chat about this off air did you do you know no team lost more points from a winning position last season than Cove Ramblers <laughs> so like <laughs> but that's where you're trying but they're changing that mindset and I see it yeah. with international teams of like I, like I've seen international teams they'll have they'll have friendlies lined up and they'll go we're we're playing a team that we'd be better on we're playing a team that we're not great on and then you see it and they go right we're going to play a low block in one of the games and I know which one they're going to play against and you're saying we're going to play a low block against this yeah, yeah. international team but we're going to play high press against this and you're going why don't you flip it why don't you play a high block or a, or a high block. pressing game against Spain and a low block against one of the teams that you're expected to beat and it's that bravery of going it doesn't matter who you're playing against still bring what we're good at to the game and you're trying to do that with the younger players at Rovers to give them no fear and at times people say oh it's easy at Shamrock Rovers it wasn't eight years ago it wasn't because we were, we were getting beat and we were still trying to be brave you're a little, like you know we, I remember we played against teams that have all the international players in them now and you'd be trying to go toe-to-toe against them because you know one day we're going to have to overtake is by going toe-to-toe yeah. so th- that's the type of things you're given but it's nice to hear that you that, that, that technique were, stood really, out yeah, Shane, really, that's really the biggest thing yeah, yeah, yeah. the technical side of it but the fact that they're brave to play even when you try to press them but the, so the, the surname thing Dan is, is following right through into the into the senior international oh yeah team. Like, there's no doubt about it or like, underage international teams dude like Geez, we have we have some fantastic surnames and some of the underage teams at the moment. Oh don't no, we? I mean there's no <laughs> doubt that the, the the sort of the multicultural aspect of our international yeah. uh, sides is. But everything that going on as well. With I know that I'm not getting into the politics of it, but the same people would cheer on the international oh, team, well, I mean, these multinationals in it, and then say, "Oh well, there's no room. You yeah. can't have a both ways." I know. Here, I mean, like, that, yeah, we're not going down that road, but I mean, exactly. it's, it's the most it's the most obvious point of all time, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, and you can see. Um, the hypocrisy of that, like that the tricolour doesn't belong, you know. Yeah, the tricolour doesn't belong to anybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so. I think that needs to be reiterated. But well, like country. you said, them kids, like they love playing for Ireland. They, 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 there was a lad you were talking about. Well, I don't like naming them because you put too much pressure on them. Albanian descent, and he and like Albania come in looking for him. He's like, no, I'm playing for Ireland. Yeah. Like, what more do you want, like? Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm playing for Ireland. Like. Yeah, Wexford GA slight safety concern earlier at Chadwick's Wexford Park, but that's now un- under control. So the match uh, in the um, in the Hurling League is going to now throw in at five fifteen. So that's what's going on there. Uh, Crystal Palace chasing that equaliser against Manchester United, two one United lead, eighty seven minutes into this. Remember the top four is uh, obviously racist going on. Yeah, Harry Maguire has been brought on, and they've made a couple of changes. Manchester United, they're not. I would say Palace, we're watching a, a chance being put into the box at the moment. But the last five, ten minutes, United have managed it reasonably well. They've managed to sort of cut back on on real sort of clear-cut opportunities, but um, they've run the clock with a couple of injuries or stoppages, so they're, they're just about getting there. Yeah, just about. Uh, Wales, remember, and Ireland, the 34 points to 10 win if you're just joining us for Andy Farrellside and a bonus point in Cardiff, England and Scotland have just kicked off at Twickenham uh, in the Premier League Aston Villa 2 Leicester 4 
is the latest. Brentford 3, Southampton 0, Brighton 0, Bournemouth 0, Manchester United 2, Crystal Palace 1, Wolves 3, Liverpool 0. Newcastle West Ham a half five start. Everton beat Arsenal 1 0 earlier on today. Uh, Norwich nil, Burnley 3 a result. Rotherham nil, Sheffield United nil. Huddersfield 1, QPR 1 at latest. Hull 1, Cardiff nil. Luton 1, Stoke nil. Middlesbrough 3, Blackpool nil. Millwall 1, Sunderland 1, Preston 1, Bristol City 2. It is Reading 2, Watford 2 now. And Swansea 3, Birmingham uh, 2. And in Scotland in the Premiership Rangers leading Ross County 2 goals to 1. Aberdeen 3, Motherwell 1. So back in form. Hearts 2, Dundee United 1, Livingston 3, Kilmarnock 1, St. Mirren 0, Hibernian 1. So Man City go to Spurs tomorrow. Interesting that Giacantello was pretty much turfed out pretty quickly out of City. Ruthless and Guardiola. you got to get on with Guardiola if you want to stay at City. Unbelievable how quickly that's all turned. Like, like he has gone from, to me, the best fullback in world football six months ago to surplus to requirements at City and, and out the door before he can blink like it's 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 absolutely well, Is there mad. any information come out well, behind just, it? Well, uh, well from what you'd read in the papers and, and in the media that the, he wasn't getting on with the manager and he was uh, feeling a bit frustrated at his lack of completely 90 minute opportunities and with Rico Luz playing so well with Carl Walker in the mix um, Guardiola and, he seemed, and him seemed to butt heads and there's only going to be one winner Oh yeah <laughs> well, there's only one winner. It's not to Bayern Munich. Yeah, there's only one winner in terms of the argument. I'd, I'd, I. But in terms of the quality. Well, in terms of who ends up with trophies, I think there could be a different winner. Like there's a hell of a chance that you know a Bayern team beat a Man City team in a Champions League semi-final or final, and Joe Cancelo's one of the star players. There's a hell of a chance that Arsenal win the Premier League this year with Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko as two of their star players. Because again, Pep has you know, shoved them out the door. So, you know, there's only one winner in terms of who stays and who goes, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the winner in the long term. He could lose a Premier League title and a Champions League title because he's cast players off, like. Yeah, yeah. We want the President's Cup next weekend? Yeah, it's it's coming back and decided, as was a Shane mentions, we probably should mention, like, Derry manager Rory Higgins lost his brother and right, mm. um, he passed away suddenly. I think um, he lived in Sweden sort of in the last 48 hours or so. So it has been... I think Derry were playing a pre-season friendly last night where obviously where he wasn't on the sideline. So just wish him all the, the best. Yeah, no, there's been a lot of good wishes from around the community. So um, I see even other managers and people talking about it. So really sad. So yeah, I mean, it is... I think they uh, actually had to pull the game in the end. Yeah, they put, no, I thought they, they were involved. Yeah, for this play, no, they were playing Carrick Rangers in some oh, other okay, game. Sorry, anyway, but, split game maybe. But yeah, they have the launch of the league season on Wednesday. So it's all, I mean, Shane's living it at the moment. It is all coming back into, into sight. I mean... I suppose like one of the themes of the year is can Derry go one better and sort of push Shamrock Rovers and they've signed well and they've recruited well so um, Adam yeah. O'Reilly's a good sign Adam O'Reilly they've signed like Derry very generally is like he's picked up a lot of players who've, who have proven in the league already for the most part and you know Colin Whelan has gone up there from, from UCD so um, I think it's going to be a good season this year I think um I know you can you can find yourself saying that every season, but I think there's sort of substance behind it in terms of a couple of teams strengthening and um, and hopefully being a bit better because I mean Rovers are going for uh, to equal a historic four in a row, um, and you would like to think that the the title race will will go all the way, but I'm, I'm sure we'll chat about it more maybe next week as it as it comes into sight. Seven minutes to stoppage time at Old Trafford and Man United leading Crystal Palace two one with ten men. Casemiro sent off. Will be off air by the time it. Uh, 
it goes uh, red, as it were. But um, good to see the women's game also getting their version of the Cup 25th of February between Shelburne and Athlone. Is Johnny Ward back for the old launch? Is he? Yeah, he, he should be back. No, no, he's, year, actually, he's going to be missing the launch now. He's, he's off. Oh, the Damien uh, Duffer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he went viral, didn't he? Uh, Johnny, yeah. Johnny yeah. Ward, if you follow Ward winning media, no A, Ward winning <laughs> media on Instagram, you'll see all of his adventures from Toronto. Then he's in Toronto. He may, may be catching up with a certain Kevin Kamban at, at some stage if they can manage to uh, their paths align. Um, I was actually just looking. This is a League One. I see Derby 5 0 against Morecambe. Five goals, five Irish goal scorers. Well, actually, Speaking? well, David McGo- sorry, three Irish goal scorers. Goldrick score. scored a hat trick, James Collins and Jason Knight. So I can't imagine that's happened too often where kind of a, a team has, has won 5 0 and every goal came from an Irish player. But that's, that's something that definitely has happened in League One today. Just looking, I see Sean Rowan as well has scored for Lincoln, who's a a young Strada. kid from Dublin who was in, on loan with Drada last season. He was so very good. He's, he's very, like, he's a name, he's, what, he's a teenager still, Sean, I think, so um, he could be a very good player in the years to come. Yeah, we just can't afford to lose four individuals. I'd say Johnny Gibson Park, probably Andrew Porter, and I would say probably Doris. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.